This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of SATSA, Fedhaza and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. This afternoon we're chatting to Pippa. Um, Pippa Jane Harhoff is the executive manager of the West Coast Fossil Park and she's also the resident paleontologist. Now, Pippa has quite an interesting history because she did a BA in archaeology at UCT and then joined the South African Museum in 1977, where she worked in the paleontology department on the fossil collections from Langebaanweg under the expert guidance of Dr. Brett Hindi. Pippa has been playing a leading role in initiating the Fossil Park project in 1992 and then moved up to Langaban to run the park somewhere around 1998. And she's always been interested in birds since she grew up on a farm. And uh, the Langaban <coughs> fossil park is rich in fossil birds. So it was a great opportunity for her to venture into the paleoornithology area. Good morning and welcome, Pippa. You must be the first paleontologist we've had on the show. <laughs> That's nice to know. Thank you, Janet. And thank you for, for inviting me. It's a, it's it's a, a big pleasure. pleasure. But then again, uh, people with your skill set are not, uh, you know, not run of the mill. You don't find them all the time because it's quite a specialized area. Yes, it is. Yeah, although there are, there are many, many different fossil sites all over the world, um, you know, being studied and... Um, and giving us a huge amount of information. Absolutely. And um, you, you've told us that paleontology has opened up a whole field of research and that it continues to fascinate you and that there are constantly new discoveries that change and modify current theories. And I find that quite paradigm shifting because, you know, uh, we still have members of the Flat Earth Society and here you are telling us that the things that we might have thought to be true are not. So I'm looking forward to a fascinating conversation with you about what has shifted and what has changed. But first, please tell us about the West Coast Fossil Park. Yeah, okay, well, it's, it's, it does have a very interesting history. You know, um, the fossils themselves date back to between five and 10 million years old. And, um, the, uh, and the, the, the information that has been gathered from the studies that have been done on these fossils 
since the 1950s. That's when the first um, publication was um, was published uh, in 1958, and so there's you know well over a hundred publications since that date. Um, so the, the, but the fossils were discovered through phosphate mining um, operations that were that started mm -hmm. in the 1930s, 1940s, up here uh, near Langebandweg, near near the Air Force Base. Yeah. And so it's attracted the attention of scientists from all over the world, because in the quarry where we've ended up, the, the mine opened up three different quarries. And fossils were found in all three quarries, but the third quarry, which is where we are based, had has the richest um, diversity of fossils, and and they're, they're really well preserved. So, and there's a yeah, the the diversity is close to 300 different species of animals, um, including invertebrates and all your vertebrate groups. So all your your fish, your amphibians, your reptiles, your birds and your mammals, they're all um, well represented here, not all equally well studied. The, mm -hmm. the mammals and the birds have, have been studied <coughs> relatively well. And most of what we're finding are new species because of the age of, of, the, of the fossils. And um, it's uh, what, what's, what's interesting is that these animals were living during a, 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 a time when the climate was changing quite dramatically mm -hmm. from warmer, wetter, almost subtropical conditions to the cool, dry Mediterranean climate that we have today. And all now, this was, yeah? now, I see that this park is managed under the care of Eziko Museums. Is that correct? Is that still the case? Ezeko museums they appoint the trustees. So, so actually, what happened was that the the mining company, which was then Samanco, which became BHP Billiton, they set up um, a trust for the uh -huh. uh, so West Coast Fossil Park Trust was established um, between um, with input from Ezeko. So uh -huh. Ezeko appoint the trustees. So I report to a board of trustees. Um, and the, the trust, obviously, it's not a private trust, it's a public trust. And, um, and the fossils uh, reside, you know, once they're taken out of the ground, if they're not um, put on display here, uh, they, go, they go to the museum um, collection in Cape Town. Excellent. So, Papa, I, um, I did a very interesting trip to the fossil park uh, a few years ago when my partner turned 50 I thought it would be good to see what the future looks like for us yes. so I took him to the fossil park and he took it very personally because he thought I'd taken him there because he was getting older but it is just yes. such a fascinating place to come to and to listen to <clears throat> to listen to where the water level was and to do that trip around mm -hmm. <clears throat> around the museum and, you know, be guided and, and told about the experience. And it's, you know, it's not a popular choice when one thinks of the West Coast, one thinks of the beautiful seafood and one has to have a particular interest. So my question is um, the, um, the people who visit, 
how do you get your guests that come there? Are there schools? Are there people who are particularly interested in this kind of research? Was it just people with an interest in paleontology? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the, we get uh, we try and do as much as we can for families because there, there's a there's a need for um, uh, uh, places for families to to go. So we've got activities for children, um, including a puppet show, a mock dig, and a mini lab, and paint your own fossil uh, um, that type of uh, activity for for the children. <laughs> during school holidays, and the, the same activities are offered to school groups, and depending on what age the, 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 the school groups are, you know, we, we do different activities with them. So our market is very broad, actually, uh, and it's very um, educational. So, so we get education groups of all ages, from preschool to university of the third age, we get clubs and societies um, visiting us, and but mostly it's the general public who are, I think, just curious when they see Fossil Park. Although a lot of people living up on the west coast, when you ask them, "Have you been to the Fossil Park?" they say, "Oh no, I've seen the signs, but I've just driven past." Mm. Um, I think it is such a fascinating place to come to, and I really believe that more people should visit because it's, you know, it's like, almost like unlocking a key to our history and our heritage. And it was wonderful to see that there were young volunteers working um, at the park on the, at the time that I was there. Yes. And uh, we brought my partner's daughter around and she, when we left, she wanted to be a paleontologist, which oh, is so cool. fantastic because yeah. that's what you want. You want Absolutely. young people to be encouraged to pursue this kind of career. And it's a uh, huge compliment, actually. It yeah. is. And, you know, mm. she resonated with the young people who were there. Um, it was fascinating because there's obviously an open dig. And uh, the person who took us through, and I'm unfortunately I don't remember the name, was just so young and hip and happening. It was almost like a remixed version of an Elton John classic because. <laughs> You know, one thinks of um, the classics as the classic. And, you know, when you say paleontology, then kids go, oh, it's history, it's geography, it's yes. this or that. But yes. it resonated and we were excited. And we've now subsequently been there twice and we've brought other people because we think it's just an essential part of any visit to the West yeah. Coast. Yeah. So well, you and your team are doing excellent yeah. work, Papa. Yeah. That's wonderful to hear. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm really impressed that you've been here that, that often. Um, but we, we do get quite a lot of uh, repeat visits, particularly people who are, have got guests. You know, they've been here once and then they bring their, their guests. So, so that's working quite well. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that we're, our restaurant is becoming more popular as well because we've outsourced it to the West Coast Chef School. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, and the, that's working really well. So there's a lot of training going on there, and the menu's really good. Um, and he, uh, Heinrich has a special Sunday lunch, which is... Oh, well, that's a good reason yeah. to come back. It is. Because when we were there, the, the restaurant was closed. Okay. And, uh, you know, a lazy Sunday lunch is yes. always a good idea. 
Yeah, no, it's becoming very popular. In fact, people have to book. Otherwise, you know, you, it's, it's full. So, so that's, a, that's a good thing. And then we have a market on the second last Saturday of the month. And that's becoming quite popular as well. So there we are hosting local crafters and, and a few foodie people. And sometimes we have music. And um, yeah, la, la, and on the 22nd of September, we celebrated our 24th anniversary. And that was a great big fun day with free tours for everybody and, and, love, and lots of entertainment with real dancing. So if I had to plan another trip, Papa, I should come on a Sunday for lunch or possibly on a Saturday for the market. For the market, yeah, that, that uh, can work. Yeah. But our website, yes, our website does have a, a lot of information um, and you can book on the website. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Papa, before we say goodbye to you and this fascinating spot called the West Coast Fossil Park, yeah. please tell me what do you love most about working there? I love, um, meet, I meet a lot of different people um, from all over the world and they're, they're really interests, you know, meet a lot of interesting people. And it's, it's always a, a huge um, gratification, if you like, to, to know that other people find what we're doing interesting. My, my, my main message is that, you know, without fossils, and it seems... It's so obvious, I think, that we don't really uh, give it too much thought or credit. But without fossils, as you said, it, it's it's a key to opening up the past because without them, we would literally know nothing about how life has changed on this planet through time. Absolutely. Yeah. And our children wouldn't, you know, they'd be growing up without dinosaurs. <laughs> and dinosaurs are such a... What would we need? Without Barney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, the, the knowledge uh, that is gained from studying fossils actually is, is, is pretty important because it does in, help us understand life and how we fit in or maybe don't fit in. You know? I mean, it, it raises all sorts of interesting questions. So... I love the, 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 the interaction I have with all the different people and my staff. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole property, it's, it's this 800-hectare property, so we've got a buffer nature reserve around our core heritage site. And that's where I love to spend time as well because I'm, I'm, I, I love the outdoors and nature. And we are trying to protect the last remaining naturally occurring fauna and flora. So it's your little Stienbach and Dyker and um, mm -hmm. Roy Cat and the and beautiful um, flora that that's been you know because the park the um, mine had to be rehabilitated so there's been a huge replanting reseeding of local indigenous vegetation including beautiful lilies that flower in the middle of summer. I love that. We seem mm. to be in a time of emotional and physical and spiritual replanting and rejuvenating, Very you know, over the last two and a half years. So I think that uh, it resonate. It will resonate with a lot of people. Mm. Um, but I think yeah. that you know okay. we have to take our hats off to popular culture because what would mums do if they couldn't have a dinosaur theme party? for the young kids' birthdays. Precisely. So film and television has really 
helped yeah. to popularize uh, mm -hmm. what is in essence, you know, um, the study of fossils and the study of how life used to be in the past. And, you know, what with Jurassic Park and Dora the Explorer mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. all of the um, <clears throat> efforts that uh, have been made to popularize uh, culture it's uh, it's really f wonderful, um, and hopefully soon your fossil park will be the site of some interesting Hollywood or Bollywood, uh, you know, film production, and uh, yeah. we'll get to see a glimpse of you as an extra somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll share a little fantasy with you. I, um, we have a fossil wolverine here. And which is, you know, that's quite unusual. And a fossil you, wolverine. Yes, a wolverine. And so when you mention wolverine, you automatically think of Hugh Jackman. I and know. What, isn't he? He's just. Say no more, more, ladies. Say yes. no more. <laughs> this is a family program. <laughs> okay. Well, it's refreshing to see that your interest is not just in fossils, I must say. Yes. Well done on that. You're a well-rounded 360 young girl. Um, and I will uh, pull whatever stops I can the next time Hugh Jackman's in town and I'll make my way wow. over to the Castle Park. What a thing that would be. That would be amazing. You know, we might have the odd occasion where George Clooney happens to oh, yes. rock up and then, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to do that, eh? <laughs> that would be... Just two fabulous words, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Hope I'm wonderful to chat to you. I wish you all the best. And I'm now rejuvenated and, and excited again about coming to visit. So I will definitely be in touch and um, yes. head out there on a weekend. Okay, lovely. Thank as you so I much. I hope our listeners you. would do as well. Yes, that's wonderful. Thanks so much. It's really been a pleasure, it. Papa. Take care and bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're chatting with Michael Diver, who is the general manager of Ikwatu Sand Spirit Village. And Michael is no stranger to my airwaves, having chatted to him before, about this fascinating spot on the West Coast. And, um, you know, how Ikwatu came to be begins in 1998 with a working group for Indigenous minorities in Southern Africa, uh, WUMSA for short. And it certainly was not a whimsical thought because here we have this real live um, San spot, you know, the San, a testimony to San culture. And uh, they were very aware that the San community needed assistance in unlocking potential tourism opportunities and uh, showcasing the San culture to the world. And what better way but to engage with Swiss anthrop anthropologist Irene Stalen who in 1999, guided by her own vision and inspired by heritage centers in the US and Canada, bought a 850 hectare <clears throat> wheat farm on the west coast of South Africa for the Equator project and later set up the Ubuntu Foundation in Switzerland to help guide and support the project. And Equator was born and opened to the public in 2006. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. And I don't want to take away from this wonderful story. So I'm going to ask Michael to take it over from 2006 and what happened then. Good. I'm going to have to just correct you on one little pronunciation. And I think that's the most important one. So it's, it's not equal to it's 
Watu. It's actually an exclamation mark, and the exclamation mark Kwatu. is pronounced almost like Kwatu. Kwatu. Yes, Kwatu. Kwatu, thank yes. you. So, thank you for that, Michael. Um, and over to you. Take us back to 2006 and what happened. So, 2006, we have been around at that time for about seven years. We had worked on this land we have renovated buildings we we removed fences and we started a very long and ongoing process of rehabilitating the land um, we have been working with several sand communities who came from all parts of southern africa and we knew that we had to open and this was a very important day we um, had a launch and we advertised it in the media and we had the minister of tourism cutting our ribbon and suddenly we were open and this was oh, a big, big big bang we were so, so happy. you also introduced reintroduced some wildlife before you opened right yes we had wildlife and we had beautiful old buildings that have been renovated and furnished and and we thought we are ready to visit to receive visitors and i think this was just the beginning of of a very new journey of being open to the to the public and we uh, started to learn many 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 lessons um, we started to learn that the most important thing about a, a heritage center is the food and the wine this is the draw card that attracts people and we started to understand that we had to tell the story in an interesting and engaging way and that was the beginning of it so that was several Wonderful. years ago we, and the minister is not is not new to your establishment because you also hosted the minister and several dignitaries very recently for Tourism Day. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, so we 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 started off and we at, at that point had zero visitors, and today we are really, really, really lucky and happy that we receive about twenty thousand visitors. My uh, goodness. Yes, we have. Basically, a few things that we do at Kwatu. One is really the tourism. This is a very important aspect of Kwatu because this is the this is what makes the project self-sustainable. This mm -hmm. creates income. This creates much, much needed. And it makes it obviously sustainable because it's not funded. Is it funded in some way? Um, there, it's it will always be funded because it's a museum and it's about restitution of culture and heritage. It's also a training center. And we're doing an awful lot of conservation in, in the area. So we would always need need funding and support for, for special projects. But it's really important that we can that we can generate our own funds and that we are sustainable, being able to look after ourselves. I think that's really a very important aspect of, of Kwatu. And for that, we use tourism. And we, right from the start, we were really um, very aware that there is something like responsible tourism. Um, and we joined the Fair Trade and Tourism Organization, which really guided us to do everything in the right way. And uh, with responsible tourism, we have this sort of triple bottom line. And that's you know, looking at people, looking at the people who work for Kwatu and who work, who make this project work, looking at the environment and looking at the local economy. So this was our sort of guiding star that sure. developed our, our, our tourism in, a, in the best possible way. So, uh, Mike, Michael, I just want to say you, you sort of straddled the gap between a few things. You, you're a pathway between the old and the new world. 
um, you have this indigenous knowledge system and then you're also doing skills development to equip the community to to engage with a rapidly changing world. Um, this is quite a delicate balance. How do you bring that together? I think this is this is really the the mission of Quatu is to really be able to bring these things together. I think the original idea of the sand le- the sand leaders of Southern Africa was to have this place to be able to restitute the culture and the heritage and to be able to have a place to tell these stories. So I think that's the that's the knife edge meeting place. You know, to be able to really take care of what's important for people, what has been the culture and the heritage, the knowledge about plants and vegetation, and to really be able to have that knowledge and experience and to be able to tell it in a way that it's it's engaging, it's interesting, it's educational. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's really where, where we meet these two worlds, is mm. where we can invite our visitors and to have a great authentic real experience to be able to meet sand people who who are in a professional capacity and who run the center in a in a professional way um so michael i I have another question for you uh there must be a lot of young people that come through your doors what is the thing that you believe is most inspirational for them when they have an experience at what at kwatu yeah, so there are there are two, let's say, two sorts of young people coming through our doors. Um, one would be the, the young sand people who are trained, who do internships. For them, this is a great inspiration to be at a place where they can train and work among other sand, sand people. To have other sand people being their mentors and their supervisors and the, those who train them. Um, and for them, this whole inspiration is really what 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 so often changed their life after they have done the, inspira- the 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 internship with us to be able to go back into their communities to to try and s- start a small business or to further their education or to or to um, find a job um, with new experience that they've gained here and then obviously the other young people that come are are our visitors, the local community, people who live in Cape Town and, and, and the surroundings or other parts of Southern Africa. And I think for them, the greatest inspiration are a few things. One, I think the most, the biggest inspiration is, is meeting other people with, with, uh, that are inspired, enthusiastic, they are knowledgeable, they are really have a passion for their culture and their heritage, um, and, and they are well-informed um, about culture, heritage, hospitality, about nature. Um, and also, obviously, the, I think the place itself, it's a beautiful, beautiful, inspirational place with old buildings that have been um, carefully renovated. We have this, an amazing view looking all over the, the West Coast from Table Mountain all the way to the Langaban Lagoon. Um, and the air is fresh and it's uh, it's beautiful with flowers. There are lots of animals. There's a fantastic way to have close encounters with animals. There are lots of hiking trails and mountain bike trails. So I think it's a whole combination of the things we do and the place where we are. It really is the inspiration for people. Sounds wonderful. So I often ask <clears throat> I often ask this question, Michael. What is the thing that brings you joy being there? 
When you wake up in the morning, what is the thing that inspires you? Yes, I think it's the people who have found a place and this, and they have found an opportunity and something that really inspires them. And this is for me often to see how young people arrive here who grow and who really excel in their life and to have a place that that really inspires them that uh, that really changed their life i think this is the most important thing and you find people who who work here and who train here they are happy and excited about life and they receive every visitor like a friend and i think this to see this interaction and to see this amazing interactions between people who just arrive here and who have no idea what to expect and suddenly they arrive here and they feel at home and they feel as if this is something real and honest um, and they are able to meet people who are friendly and kind and who are equally interested in in our visitors than the visitors would be in them and, um, and I think that's yeah that's the most amazing experience at Quattu. And for me, this is the most, the biggest inspiration to work here and to, and to enjoy this. Well, Michael, I just want to say that listeners who haven't been out to you are now going to be so super excited to head out there because it really is, you've really brought Quattu alive for us. It's, uh, you know, when you know of a place, it just, it's that amorphous thought in your head, but the way in which you've explained it, it's, it's, it's really inspiring. And it's almost like uh, our previous interviewee, uh, a link between the past and the future. And it certainly is a representative, um, a representative example of how responsible tourism, engaging with communities surrounding, is uh, brought to the fore. And I think it's a it's a world class example. I don't think you're aware that I'm a museum management specialist by training, Michael. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> so this really resonates with me. Um, and I think of the work that, uh, you know, I was resident at the Smithsonian. And uh, there's all these indigenous knowledge system projects where the music is recorded and the food ways are recorded. And uh, the traditions of face painting and body painting and healthcare systems so <clears throat> if you haven't been to the Smithsonian, then you should head out there because I believe that <clears throat> it would add great value to what you're already doing. And you probably will find new ways of generating an income for Kwatu because there are music uh, podcasts that one could download of the indigenous um, Native American communities in the you know, in, in the various parts of the U.S., etc. And um, there's a whole South African component, and that's where I was resident, uh, is, the, um, is the Museum of African Art. So let's talk offline about that connection that I think would add value. Uh, what it is that you are doing, because uh, it just, you know, it just makes me feel so excited as a museum person to see a living museum, to see uh, work actual work happening and the skills exchanged between the the young community and the old and the new and the bridge that you're actually straddling in that. Thank you very much. I'd love to talk to you about it. Thanks. Absolutely. A delight as always to chat to you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks. I wish you a great weekend ahead and all the best. Thank you. Same to you, Janet. Thank you very much for this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
we're chatting this afternoon with Gerd Achenbach. Am I saying that right, Gerd? That's correct. Wonderful. And a very quirky place called Ek and Jay in Bokumlan. Yes. Ek and Jay, where does the name, name come from? Absolutely. My first question, Gerd. <laughs> okay. The name Ek and Jay was uh, created by the uh, first guy who started the, the shop. It's a direct translation of the word INJ fisheries. Oh, that's interesting. So, Ek and J also means you and I, right? That's correct. Ek and J Fisheries. Wonderful. So, this name, Bokom Lan. Now, when I think Bokom, I want to close my nose because the smell is overwhelming. Is that the right Bokom Lan that I'm thinking of? That's correct. That's the correct place where you are now. So it's called a, a fish bulltongue. Maybe just explain what that is, Gerd, for those of our listeners that might not know. You know, we know the the normal bulltongue, but fish bulltongue is uh, an acquired taste and not something that is uh, on the shelves all the time. It's actually quite a bespoke product. So we'd love to hear what this uh, fish bulltongue is all about. Okay. Uh I can explain to you uh, in short. Bokums are made from mullets. That's the only fish that they use to, 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 to make bokum. Uh, the whole process is after they caught the fish in the open seas, they bring it into the factory, sort it out, then the fish is uh, salted in, in coarse salt, uh, in huge tanks. There's a lot of coarse salt in this area. Uh, they left it in the salt for three days. The salt will extract the water from the fish and preserve the meat. After three days, they take it out of the tanks and string it. The way that they string it is through the eyes, then in a bunch, hang it out. Uh, and, uh, in the evenings, they take it in. Tomorrow, they take it out again. Uh, the whole process is like bottom. Uh, it all depends on the weather. When it's hot and there's a lot of wind, then it will dry out quickly. During winter time, it will take 10 to 14 days to dry out properly. Interesting. So this is really, um, it's really a delicacy if, if I listen to what you're saying, Khat, because it's not something that's prepared quickly. It's an acquired taste. It takes a lot of effort. It's sun-dried. It's salted. And uh, it's quite a process to get to the end result, which is the bokum. That's correct. Uh, it's a very labor-intensive process. Not hard work, but it's labor-intensive. Everything is done by hand. Uh, it's a very uh, popular uh, uh, delicatessen on, in the Western Cape. In the communities, the people love it. That sounds wonderful, Hat. I um, <clears throat> I must imagine that it is a labor of love because if you're talking about two weeks of redoing the process, it's um, you need to be quite vigilant about it. It's not like you know just a quick. It's not a quick fix, as so many things in life these days are. You know, everything is instant. That's great. Now yourself and your wife. Um, started Ek and Jay 
as a restaurant and bar in 2014. You're originally from Namibia and uh, you've been running this for quite a while. Yeah, uh, we, we didn't start the business. Uh, we actually bought it from somebody oh. else. Uh, took it over about nine years ago. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we've got a restaurant, we've got a shop, we have fully licensed, and uh, there's a lot of uh, gifts that you can buy, trinkets, everything. So everything West Coast, we can pick up there. Shelves, some bokoms, um, a nice fish and chips from your establishment, and uh, do a little bit of last-minute shopping before we head back to Cape Town. We've got a very compact menu. Uh, we serve food from uh, 9.30 in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We do breakfast, seafood, burgers, toaster sandwiches, light meals, chips, salads. And uh, we, interesting is that we serve breakfast till 3 o'clock when the kitchen closed. That's my kind of place, Hart, because I like egg on toast at any time in the day. And I think that breakfast is one of those most convenient meals that don't require a lot of effort to whip up. And uh, it's so nutritious and all-encompassing. I love that you, that you open for breakfast till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What is the typical breakfast menu like, Hart? Typical breakfast, we serve five different varieties of breakfast. Uh, mm -hmm. from a mini, which is just one uh, one egg, one uh, piece of bacon, one sausage, one slice of toast. Then our very popular uh, breakfast is uh, egg and jay uh, breakfast. Uh, that's an old one. We get two eggs, two slices of toast, two pieces of bacon, a sausage, tomato. Uh, the people love to buy that one. But we also serve. I think that's the one that definitely hits the spot. Yes, 100%. <laughs> now, Bokomlan is a historic road that runs along the banks of the Berg River. It's really a spot I think one must just stop and stand still and enjoy because it's, uh, there's a sense of peace when one stands there and looks out on the view. So you're in quite a popular spot. How does that affect your tourism numbers um, now that we're heading into season? I can assure you the bottom line is well known globally. There's a lot of uh, international tourists that uh, visit bottom line and our shop as well. Uh, mm -hmm. There are even some of them, uh, especially from Germany, that comes to South Africa uh, every year and they never miss and Now, Kat, I have fond memories of having a coffee at Columbine Company, That's which is known for its uh, great roasted beans and it's hand roasted. It's quite like the Bokoms, quite a bespoke experience. Yeah, they are our neighbors just down the road. Wonderful. So now that I know about Ek and Jay, because I didn't stop there. Um, I'm certainly going to come and seek you out, Kat, because I'd love to see this process of making the Bokoms um, firsthand. I think it's quite interesting and certainly a labor of love. 
you welcome. Now, Hertz, it's a, you, we know that the US, the UK, and Germany are biggest source markets. So um, you're gearing up for season, we're getting busier. Are you seeing that impact on the West Coast? You know, there's a lot of uh, things that uh, likely affect uh, tourism on the West Coast. And uh, what I experience is that uh, the recent uh, petrol price hikes. Uh, people don't tend to uh, travel uh, that much anymore. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I see that an establishment on the West Coast is offering people back their fuel when they come out to Saldana. And I think that's such a clever idea. That's good. Come stay with us and we'll, we'll pay for your fuel, which is a great give back and a great incentive to get, to get people to travel there. Uh, Will help a lot. Well, Hart, from your what you say is your modest shop um, and a compact shop, I think uh, the size of things doesn't matter. I think it's the experience, and that's clear testimony to the fact that you are known globally. So, well done on creating a unique experience for visitors, local and international. I think that it is really a gift to continue and to have been able to navigate the black swan that we all know as COVID-19. So I wish you well as you gear up for season hat and uh, I'm always looking for something to do and I'll certainly be in touch when we're heading that way on one of our crazy jet-setting drives. Thank you very much, Janet, for these kind words. You're most welcome, Hart. All the best and happy bokoming. Thank you. So another interesting guest that we have on the show is West Coast Wonder, which is in Lambert's Bay. They are an accommodation establishment and is run by a husband and wife team, Carol and Albert Berger. And uh, Albert was born in Lambert's Bay. He's sixth generation Berger of the area. And Carol is from Montague. So, you know, they always say that people from different communities and different life experiences make the best matches because they have so much diversity and so many interesting things to continue to talk about uh, beyond just, uh, you know, where their romance sits. So welcome to, to Albert. Hello, Albert. Good morning, Janet. How are you morning, doing? Morning, morning, morning. Hello there. I can see who is the excitable one there, Carol. The Montague people are in the house. Yes, we are. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, very good, thank you. And you? Janet. I'm good, thank you. I'm really not in an exciting in as an exciting place as you are. I'm speaking to you from our office at the airport where it's just business as usual. You know, no great views like you guys. So I'm very, very jealous. I'm suffering from FOMO. And I'm looking forward to you telling us all about Lambert's Bay, which I'm told is the diamond of the West Coast. I don't know how the other people feel about that, but you're going to convince me why you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll with you first. Yes, please. Okay, now um, we we st living on a farm, Steenbokfontein, eight kilometers um, outside Lammers Bay, um, uh, south of Lammers Bay, Cape Town side, just four kilometers away from Maispo um, Skerm. It's also um, one of the best uh, open air seafood restaurants in the world. Um, so yeah, Lammers Bay has a lot to offer in the whole area. 
from restaurants to farmer markets, um, then surfing, kite surfing, uh, di uh, crayfish diving, anything you can think about off West Coast. And then we have the accommodation then on the farm that um, guests can come and stay and experience all this. That must be wonderful to come to you because it sounds like it's going to be quite an interesting and, and an immersive experience. What with Carol's fantastic energy and your knowledge of the area, Albert. <laughs> yes, it's, it's absolutely um, a potent couple, eh? <laughs> eh? Absolutely a power couple. <laughs> so this uh, West Coast wonder, your your establishment in Lamets Bay, um, is on the West Coast Quarry. Is that right? Yes, um, we, on the farm, because the, the, the whole website, West Coast Wonders, is, is all different accommodation, the Lambert's Bay accommodation, and then farm accommodation. So the farm consists um, of four or five places, actually. So my dad also has um, chalets down at the farm that can take about 20 people. That's also on the website. And then me and Carol run three uh, different places up on the farm where two little copies are. Um, so the Vesca's quarry name come from, it's a, actually a real quarry. It was a, a copy, uh, like a mountain, but smaller than a mountain that they used to to shoot all the rock out and they built the, the harbor wall in Lambert's Bay, I think it was in 1981 um, with this rock. So it formed this quarry, but a lot protected out of wind. So then we've, we've got three units in there now. Um, and then the caravan, so that's more a surfer vibe for, for group bookings, taking eight people, um, staying in the quarry. And then we also have then Veskus Hockey and Veskus Groiki. And so Veskus Hockey is all, so away from all this, all this accommodation is apart mm -hmm. from each other. So they can't see each other. You're all private. And the hockey only take two people. So it's more like a honeymoon uh, vibe. Romantic. Romantic vibe. So, um, mm -hmm. Uh, 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 when we that's a little unit uh, out of wood and um, prefab stuff and then the groike is was built into a little cave actually uh, in, in the rock it was like a hole like a cave and then we built into this cave uh, a unit uh, also for two people and more yeah, more um, romantic the hockey is rustic but the Kroiki is more, uh, more up, upper class and um, with nice views over the sea. Everything is about 1.5 kilometers over, uh, away from the sea, but you can you overlook from the top over the sea. Well, it sounds like there's an offering for everybody, for the, the romantics, the young and the old romantics, and then for families and surfers and those are coming who are coming just for a bit of peace of mind. Because when I think of the West Coast, I must say, it's almost like when you cross a certain point on the N7 heading to the West Coast, your blood pressure just sort of comes down to a level where you feel very chilled and zened out. And uh, you agree, Carol? Absolutely, girl. This is a place to be. Um, you feel like claustrophobic in Cape Town, but as soon as you get into your car and you like drive towards Lambert's Bay or the West Coast, you feel like being part of an amazing universe that explodes into white open beaches, lovely people. Uh, the fauna and flora is amazing. And um, one of the best uh, things is actually to stop at each town 
and visit the restaurants because that um, that is where you meet the locals, the stories, and you don't have to be shy. Just ask like, well, I'm here from Cape Town. What can I do? What do you have to mm -hmm. offer? And then the people start talking. Um, I feel like that, uh, interestingly enough, Carol, we took a, a drive to the West Coast over the weekend. And uh, I learned so much because a lot of my team have been struggling with, you know, the flu and some people had bronchitis. And you know what it's like when you have one outbreak monkey, then everybody gets ill. And, Absolutely. Uh, but you, you, need, you, you didn't see us, eh? You missed us. <laughs> <laughs> no, not this time, but next time for sure. So I came and I, I did a, a botanical tour at one of the establishments. And I was amazed because we come from, you know, in the Indian community, we come from a tradition of using a lot of natural medicine. So if we uh, cut ourselves, my mom would pack turmeric on it um, and then your scarring is less and it heals so quickly. And we have all of these natural remedies. And I was amazed at the plants that I bought uh, for various ailments, you know, amongst friends and staff that there is such a sense of connectedness with the earth and a respect for what comes naturally. And I think that there is, um, you know, there's a great move towards everything. In restaurants, we call it uh, farm to table. And mm -hmm. uh, people are eating and experiencing the world differently. Absolutely. Um, I think Albert should actually tell you about his mom. Um, he, his mom, um, Kata Berger, is one of the most amazing people she passed away uh, last year on 14th February, but she left an amazing um, genus of um, planta. And I think Albert, you tell mm -hmm. about that. Um, Please do, Albert. I'm so interested. <laughs> and um, he will tell you like what growing your garden is for um, for you, for yourself. Um, that is that is like the DNA. Um, it's take on your DNA. But I think Albert, tell tell more about that about your mom, um, like experiencing the farm and plants and, and everything, yeah, combining I, with the labyrinth though, eh? I don't <laughs> have all that knowledge of, of the plants. My mom showed me a lot uh, around, but I know some bushes that's, like you said, for you can use for healing, Renier's bossy, and if you have blisters on your um, on your lips or anything, and then there's some called Vicks bossy that you can uh, put in your tea and then they say all the plants that actually grow close by you actually take your DNA and grows um, like your own DNA into it so it's best to take plants out of your own garden or food because it's it, um, stuff like that and you're in form yeah yeah absolutely we had a doctor here um, <laughs> like before COVID and she experienced like the farm as one of the most healing places uh, she's been to. Um, combining with the fauna and flora and the plants, we've got an amazing labyrinth. And I don't know if you actually know like how a labyrinth works, but um, on arrival, you... it's a great, great fun experience. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, we we've got an, um, a house is built um, like on a on a little copy, so we can see the labyrinth, and um, we like have this amazing view of the ocean and everything. And as soon as you get stressed and you arrive from like a hard time at work or wherever you are, as soon as you arrive, 
Um, mm -hmm. You'd get um, the papers regarding the Steenbok Fontein Caves, where the Bushmen lived, and the whole history regarding that. And then um, we do have a, a website from Albert's mom explaining the farm and the fauna and flora, um, like Albert said, the Geneesbosi and the full end that is very um, uh, popular and um, like the foraging kind of stuff. And then you've, yeah, on arrival, you also get um, the information regarding the labyrinth. So, yeah, uh, you won't go back home um, like empty-handed. You, your life will be filled, um, your heart will be filled, and you'll learn to love and experience life even deeper and better. And um, if you're lucky, Albert will take you um, well, if you're like a surfer or love, if you have a love for the sea life, he um, normally when he's not working on the farm, um, he's actually working for a overseas company, but he's like very, very, very busy. So on the weekends, he goes to the beach and he catch, catches harders or spear fishing or kite surfing or kayaking or I'm married to an absolutely sexy surfer. So if you want to go to the beach and you're lucky. I'm you going to ask you to switch on your camera, Carol. Oh, no, you look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> come and visit us. I know. I think even better, I'm going to come and visit you guys. You know, when we left the West Coast over the weekend, we said that this is where we're going to bring the team for our strat plan as we head into 2023-2024 financial year because it just is so immersive. One can think, I sat for a while because we spent the whole day out. I was in this garden at Kwatu and I made a couple of notes of things that I wanted to do for myself, you know, whilst I picked some plants and um, I was able to sit and write a couple of things which was really deep and helped me in my own thought process. And then I said, you know what? We need to find a place that we can bring the team because this is going to be so good. The creative juices are going to flow and everybody's going to be relaxed and in touch with the earth because even the food that we ate over the weekend was just amazing. I love things as fresh as possible. I don't like, uncom I, I don't like complicated food where the flavors are just hammered out of it. And I could taste like uh, snakeberry and uh, things that were grown and were used in the menu. Uh, the taste was amazing. So we did this um, char-grilled broccoli with chili and snakeberry and then some other little tapas, which was just a taste sensation. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what you guys are doing there, but it's certainly amazing stuff. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Much. Yeah, no, no. That's that's a very good idea. Um, like get your team together, come up because um you need to have the experience with the locals. And like all oh, but also um living we're living actually from from the sea and from we're potato farmers, we've got the potatoes and we've got a the farmers around here that if you've got a little bit of potato or you've got a little bit of whatever, you pass the word around, you WhatsApp them, like what, what is in season? And it's a day or two, and then you will receive like a basket full of patat. And even if you ask like, what do I owe you? No, nothing. I see you next time for a coffee or a glass of wine. So this is like an experience to have up here. Like I like that. Because <laughs> I, think, I think things from the earth must be shared. 
I was sitting in a very remote village. I had gone to see the ruins um, in Turkey in, in a little village called Izmir. And I was sitting there outside the guest house, and there's this woman who doesn't speak a word of English. She had just harvested some, some Dutch apple fruit. And uh, she handed it to me and walked away. And then someone else came like 15 minutes later with some berries. And just because I was outside, they gave it to me. And that was like a, it's a universal language. And that is why my memories of Izmir are one of the fondest memories I have. Because you can go anywhere in the world, but it's the human interaction and the generosity that stays with you. So I'm really looking forward to bringing my team out to the West Coast. I'm going to get some expert advice from our next interviewee, Carmen Larm, who is a West Coast um, expert. And um, I'd really like to thank you, Carol and Albert, for sharing uh, your love story, because it is a love story, <laughs> with the earth and with each other and with all things West Coast. Um, it really shows that the passion that you have for what you do uh, translates to making the experience very special for the people who visit there. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Janet. And yeah, we're looking forward to, to meet you up here one day. Yes. Okay, we will, I, will, I will wait at the gate, eh? Yes, I know. That's the way to do it, is to wait at the gate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys that I have a group of 22 friends and they every month we go somewhere. So when I came back the weekend, I said our November trip is going to be to the West Coast. So we're going to put together a very nice itinerary and lots of fun things to do and bring them out on one of our buses. And I um, must just pre-warn you, we laugh a lot and we're very noisy, but it sounds, Carol, like it. you're going to love that company. Absolutely. We're waiting for you, eh? Looking forward, Carol. Thank you so much for joining us, Carol and Albert. It's okay. uh, really, uh, I can feel the West Coast hospitality through the airwaves, and I'm sure our listeners will too. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, and I wish you a great weekend ahead. Okay, thank you, oh, Janet, thank and you. Have, a, have a lovely day there. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Same here. Bye. We're chatting this afternoon to a well-known um, West Coast person, and whilst... Carmen Lara might not have come from the West Coast. She certainly has her heart in there. And she is, um, I think it is the fact that she is proudly a greengrocer's daughter and, uh, you know, had the influence of her dad, who was an entrepreneur and an award-winning pigeon racer, who gave her the opportunity. That's how my adventure started too, Carmen. We would pack the car all seven, uh, all six of us children and my parents, so eight in a Peugeot, you can imagine, and drive some way. So there are many, many photos of us uh, in front of signs saying Lady Smith or whatever, <laughs> whatever small town. But yeah. the trips with her dad deep into the Platteland of the Cape Province is where she fell in love with the great outdoors and uh, then went on to study visual communications at the University of Stellenbosch and then was snapped up by the international market. But she's back home and doing some amazing things. Carmen, I've been so looking forward to chatting to you on Jet Setting with Janet. I've been courting you for a while and I'm so glad that we've got you live on radio to chat to us today about all things West Coast and fusion design. So after Stellenbosch, please tell me what happened. 
after Stellenbosch, um, I went to the Netherlands and I quickly learned that the beauty of, you know, when you work in the Netherlands, the business is there. They typically 35, 40, 50 years old, uh, for instance, a design agency. And the basis of that is the respect uh, that they have for each other as people. So for me, um, what came forward was that people is really um, what makes a business work. Um, and, and from there, you know, I really had a passion for that in my own business as well. And I worked at four or five different agencies um, as a student. Uh, so you work at what they call a stagiaire. And when I started my own agency in 1999 called Fusion Design, I uh, always said, you know, uh, we're going to open ourselves up um, also for students. And over the years, we've had, you know, and it, yeah, it's, it, I suppose we're all doing it, but uh, interns and young people who start with us, maybe working for us for three months or so at a time, and you can just see how they bloom. And it always reminds me of where I started. And I think that in one way, it's my way to say thank you to those people that gave me an opportunity. Um, but also you learn so much by dealing with people who have just come out of some type of a learning institution and uh, whether it's, you know, university or three or four, three, two, year, one year, doesn't matter. Um, and finding out what their passion is and what, what makes them tick, um, it's, it's really like an insight nearly into the future. Um, you know, um, I think the economy in South Africa is, is 100% uh, reliant on getting people uh, employed. And um, I think that if, uh, you know, a more robust sort of program for internships and um, um, after school or even in school holidays is going to become crucial for us to allow people to also start their own businesses. I mean, like yourself, Janet, you know, it's, it's not easy having your own business, um, but, it's, but, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, instead of going on a roller coaster, I'll just have my own business. So, um, so Carmen, you've, yeah. you've jumped straight into the story about interns, and I love yeah. that you support the young energy too. But yeah. obviously, you're a, you're a product of having been interned yourself and having had international yeah. exposure, and this is your, your pay forward to our South African community. But there's a lot of different parts to what you do, and I'm, uh, I want to hear about those some of the parts because... You've got West Coast Way, which is really a road trip with a twist. I've looked at your website, and one can really develop a self-drive experience along the West Coast. This has been going since 2014. And when I look at the site, there's a big focus on sustainable travel. Yeah. Um, and just judging from the people that we've interviewed, from Bokumlan and from Carol and Albert Berger, it's just, you know, there's these characters along this route. And I'm just thinking, what a rich heritage you've managed to curate, because it really is a curated experience and it's designed, there's themes, etc. And there's something for everybody across cultures, across ages. And there's so many different routes. This must have taken uh, a lot of thought capital to get to this point, Carmen. I'm very excited to hear about that. 
Well, you know, once again, you know, I always tell people I'm an incredible lucky girl because uh, it's all, all about the people who, who cross your, your path and what you can learn from them. Um, and what happened was many, many years ago from a fusion design side, I worked for, um, as a client, as city sightseeing, the Hop on the Hop of Bus. Obviously, learned a lot from the client there, Klaus Twerik, a real oh, inspiration. And then I went into, uh, we, we now have, for instance, wonderful client, the Cape Town Big Six, uh, which is the big six attractions in Cape Town, one of them being Fred Constantia. And obviously, Kirsten Bosch, and there you know, we've got the lovely Kirsten Bosch Summer Sunset concert. Oh my goodness, it's like part of our summer vibe, the Kirsten Bosch Summer Sunset. Yeah. We get excited when we know it's coming. Yeah, 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 no, it's all good for the economy and the, and the people, the, especially the locals. But, you know, all of that experiences that I picked up, it uniquely prepared me for when I got the opportunity that was via Sandbox and all these wonderful business owners in the West Coast to start West Coast Way. And, and the job at hand was start something like a road trip, become completely self-sustainable. So, you know, there's no input from... You know, no government money or, or anything like that. You've got to stand on your own. So you had a lot of creative license, which is so usually I, the best Absolutely. Thing. Janet, it was right up my alley. You know, I'm a bit of a rebel. And, um, you know, as I said, you're a bit of a do and die. You know, I always find a way. And, um, and I, you know, I, I didn't. And I remember that very first meeting I had um, with all the people from the West Coast was in this big hall in, in – Hansakral, and um, I, you know, I could see, you know, the doubts about this Stellenbosch slash Cape Town girl thinking she can tell us what to come and do. And I said, "Don't worry, I promise you, I'm the type of person. I'll later on, I'll know exactly where every bossy is. I'll know where every bush is. I'll know every bird. Don't worry, I'm getting there." And well, that was in 2014, and over the years. Um, my route that used to be just one circle, which I thought was very clever in those days, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. called the culture route, has expanded. So we've got a themed culture route, which sort of connects Cape Town to the West Coast. And then we've got, obviously, the foodie route. So, yeah, today's uh, interview with Kat really makes you realize there's a lot to eat out there. And then we have the Berg route, which obviously starts from the Berg River. And we've got the wild route, so that's where uh, Lambeth Bay is. And I mean, do you know the Cedarburg starts as actually an ocean because it goes from Lambeth Bay, which is on the ocean side, to the Cedarburg Mountains. And that's how big Cedarburg is. It's nearly like a province all on its own. So, anyways, so I have all these wonderful routes, um, and then that's all connected with a tractor route that takes you to Rebeck Valley. Because obviously a typical thing when you're in one of these small little towns in the West Coast is chocolating along is a tractor somehow, somewhere you're going to see your Fantastic. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just absolutely fa fantastic. I get very quickly bored, Janet, and I never get bored in the West Coast. I promise you our interview is almost over. <laughs> um, yeah. And as you said, people need to go to our website, www.westcoastway.co.za, plan their holidays. Uh, they can send us emails. I respond to that. I get quite a few WhatsApps and phone calls. So, Carmen, if I was planning a day trip, yeah. 
And I said to you, Carmen, I've got a, a group of women, like I mentioned earlier, we do a, a trip once a month. We love the spa, we love eating, um, we love experiences, so we like learning new things. How would you put that itinerary together? Depart Cape Town, go to Ribiak Valley, coffee tea, olive tasting or wine. Mm -hmm. Go to Kuringberg, stop in at Desert Rose, Potsdam, beautiful. Next up, stop at Pekingese Kloof. That's where you're going to swim in house, outside, uh, inside or outside swimming pool. Fantastic spa, fantastic food. Go for a drive. Do your uh, robust tea tasting right there on Pekingese Kloof and explore Citrus Dal. Uh, and from there on, if you want to really feel daring, drive through from Citrus Dal to Lambert's Bay and backfire the R27. So you've done a circular route up with the N7, across to the R27, and all along the coast back to Cape Town. You will be very tired, I suggest, that <laughs> really early in the morning. <laughs> yes. It sounds wonderful, Carmen. It's a great resource. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, going on the website, I just thought to myself, my goodness, why am I trying to do this myself? Because here is the expertise. I must just ask Carmen to actually put this itinerary together, mm. put some costs together, because it's so much fun to explore. You know, people just have a view of what the West Coast offers. But listening to you, it's a huge expanse. And uh, there's quite diverse experiences along the way, Carmen. Well, well, Janet, you know, I just want to clearly say um, we don't charge for what we do. I've got a couple of uh, tours. That, that is staggering. Yep. That is a staggering yep. fact. Yep. I mean, this is, this, we are made possible through the support and investment by brands like you've just interviewed from Bokumlan and Lambert's Bay. It's people, a lot of businesses in the West Coast are owned by uh, entrepreneurs and they understand the value of marketing and, and putting themselves out there. But they're so busy running their own businesses. Let's look at West Coast way to help us with that. So people go to our social media, which is West Coast Way SA, and you or I always promote those brands that are pro West Coast way, pro the West Coast. And most importantly, our motto is absolute inclusivity, uh, being environmentally friendly, sustainability, and being the door must stand open for everyone. That is what we stand for. Those are really wonderful and uh, definitely West Coast thought thought patterns there, Carmen, because I feel that people on the West Coast really do have a tremendous generosity and uh, an openness. They embrace, you know, everyone invites you. They look forward to seeing you and the rest of it. And uh, it's really been quite fascinating for me to explore the West Coast and find these personalities as we go along. And I feel that one show is really not adequate to cover this very big expanse and these experiences. So I will be chatting to you again Fantastic. about uh, the various routes because I think that one can drill down and look at the uh -huh. routes and maybe do a foodie route or a, a culture route because I think that there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of product that one can offer. Mm. 
Yeah, I know. But Janet, you do a fantastic show. I love listening to it. It's stunning. Thank you very much. Really we always have fun on the show. <laughs> no, no, it's exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the main thing I think that everybody needs to remember is that, um, you know, nobody wants to know what your plans really are for tomorrow. You need to live for today. And that means quality time with yourself and your family. And um, I really do think that the uh, unique West Coast way experiences that's out there um, is going to give you more than what you would ever have expected. Um, one of my. Well, I'm certainly looking forward, Carmen. I'm certainly looking forward to our trip to the West Coast. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, just chatting to you, you're definitely one of those girls that must be on that bus. You've got to have to meet us along the way. And uh, you're going to have so much fun. It's going to be wonderful. And we're looking forward to, to being guided by you as we navigate this very rich and diverse West Coast because yeah. there's a lot to experience. Well, thank you, Janet. You know, um, I know one of the exciting parts of your show is the, the prize giveaway. Absolutely. And, um, I've included in that um, a trip on the Burke River with a boat by the name of Cracklin Rosie. It's a cruise of the, the Burke River, which runs from Bokumlan. So um, if people who are, are going to tune in and, and, and listen to this and, you know, support you, they're going to have a fantastic time in the West Coast. And, and yeah, we wish... We really, really welcome locals. It's been in our tradition um, always to, to first and foremost, um, be uh, friendly towards locals and the, the budget of locals. So, yeah, we, we're standing ready to welcome people this Well, summer. talking about prizes, <clears throat> Carmen, I've got amazing prizes. I've got two accommodation prizes. I've got the boat cruise. I've got meal vouchers. There's just so much. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much that we have to offer, um, and I'm sure that our listeners are going to head over and enter these competitions because they are so much fun and so easy to win. So thank you for all the prize sponsorships. Yes. Carmen, it's been great chatting to you as always. Uh, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for coordinating and bringing people together so that we get a taste of a different kind of West Coast, not just the mainstream You've exposed us to the hidden gems. That's a great resource. And I want to sincerely thank you for joining us. It's been so, so interesting chatting to you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And all the best with the summer concerts. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what the lineup is like. We love Kirsten Bosch. And, you know, we always wait with bated breath to see who's playing. And uh, we rush out to get our tickets. I will personally make sure that the moment that is available, it gets sent to you. Thank you so much, Carmen. You're a girl in the know, and I like you for that. I so appreciate. Take good care, Carmen. Great chatting to you. And lots of love from the airport. Yeah. I'm sure you know that is, like, amazing. Not Lambert's babe. <laughs> lots of love from the airport. It's been great chatting to you. Thank and you. wish you best for the weekend ahead. Thank you very much. You too. And well done to your team. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. 
MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.